Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Thank you for joining us today. This is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. I am here with my partner, Rich Barron. I am Michael Bailey, and we've got a special guest with us, Ronnie Shoemaker. And so we are excited to talk to you about a hot topic today. And it, it is hot. It gets hot and it gets feisty and it can get wild and it can get downright dangerous. Might we say that, gentlemen? Yes, it can. Reorgs, mergers, all that kind of stuff that goes on creates a lot of turmoil for employees, a lot of challenges for leaders. And sometimes we don't know if we're going heads or tails or which way it is actually going at all. So let's get into it. Uh, gentlemen, before we start this presentation, uh, our guest, Ronnie, do you have any particular perspectives about these reorganizations and mergers and all this yeah, uh, thanks, Michael and, and Rich, for having me on today. I, I truly appreciate it. Joy spending time with you two talking about uh, leadership. So I do. I have some history, some uh, M&A in the healthcare industry, been a part of a, of a big uh, practice here in Southwest Ohio being bought up by a big hospital system. And when I was the executive director, so I, I sat through from the very beginning to the very end of the merger of this practice into the hospital system. So I think I think I've got some experience that I'll be glad to share with our listeners. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. Rich, you have anything that you want to say in particular point of view about this as we get into it? You know, I've been through quite a few M&As, reorganizations, and it is, uh, it can, it can go either way. You know, you're not going to please everybody all the time, but the thing is, is you've got one chance to make this right. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about that a little bit. You know, one thing I want to, I want to talk about before we get into this, Michael, is, uh, you know, we're, we're in this series, we're working on this series of uh, these 10 separate reasons that uh, employees see uh, as a failure in leadership or cultural failure, organizational cultural failure. And, you know, it's, it's important to note that 1.4 million responses came from employees and 97% of the time, this was reorganizations, M&As were talked about in a negative light. That's, that's important to point out before we get into this. So it's, it's important to understand that this is, this is truly at the forefront of, of employees' uh, minds, mindset. You know, when that stuff comes up, and often it comes up suddenly, unexpectedly, that it can, uh, can create a lot of fear in people, a lot of concern, a lot of worry. All right, if you want to share your uh, share screen with me, let's start into yep. it. Yep, you can share now. All right. Thank you. 
See that, gentlemen? Yep. yep, we can see it. It's slideshow right from the beginning. Here we go. Company mergers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's the number 10 reason that employees have some real angst about their leaders and how the leaders are actually doing here. So why leaders and managers must give respect and how. So again, as Rich just talked about here, findings that uh, these are based on 1.4 million employees going out there, talking to them, interviewing them, finding out what's going on, what are your concerns, what are your worries? This is MIT SMR, glass door culture. Now let's move right into it. Company mergers should be good for everyone, but are they? They can be scary. They can be unpredictable. They can be unfair. They can be brutal. How about this, gentlemen? What do you think about these talking points right here? It, it should be a good thing. We're told that it's a good thing, but sometimes it seems like it's a pretty bumpy road. You know, Michael, we, we found out the last couple of years through COVID how fear is a great motivator. Oh, and yeah. fear of the unknown is probably what what these four bullet points can, can directly be applicable to the fear of the unknown of a merger. How's it going to affect my job? How's it going to affect me? How's it going to affect my family, my yeah. future? Uh, they're very scary and unpredictable because you, nobody knows until even, even after it starts, there's still a lot of unknown questions until you go through the process. You may be months down the road before some of these questions are answered. So it definitely can be a scary and unpredictable time. Absolutely. Rich, any thoughts? You know, just as Ronnie said, all of these these are real predictors in how employees view uh, these these reorganizations or M and A. Matter of fact, if 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 you were to do a cultural survey, and a lot of these people have done this, your actual culture score goes up if you never mention reorganizations or M and As. The second you mention the, any of those then your your culture score goes down mm -hmm. and you know that's that's just an indication that it's it's a frightening uh, it's a frightening time people are afraid for their jobs especially if they live in smaller communities where you know this organization may be the the primary company for for miles around that a lot of people work at and you see a lot of this in smaller towns and um you know Ronnie Ohio is is a big place where there's a lot of or, uh, there's a lot of manufacturing and things in these correct. smaller communities correct that's absolutely correct so one of the things that you, you're talking about here thank you gentlemen for that one, uh is is this idea of the fear of the unknown and so what happens in these kind of crisis or unpredictable unknown situations are are these things that start to emerge like the fear of the unknown also i think there's there can i really trust the people that i'm working for do I trust them? Uh, maybe I thought I did, but now I'm not so sure. Also comes to the forefront, how well am I doing in my own job? How, how really secure is my position and my position here? And also my connections throughout the business. Do I feel like I've got good connections? Do I feel like I've got people who are not only going to stand up for me, they're going to advocate for me? All these things start emerging. So uh, and, and so an interesting way, a lot of this stuff ought to be uh, by those who are employees or even Leaders got to be taking a look at how do I do handle those kind of issues more proactively rather than when it comes to the crunch time and it's now games on. Let's go on here. How to get it wrong. We're going to go through these. How to get it wrong kind of hit these one at a time. Got several of these. No communication. What about this? You started touching about this a little bit. 
What does it, what does this mean? No communication or poor communication? Yeah, you're, you're, the, the communication in the culture stop, starts at the top. So it starts with the leaders. And a lot of times the leaders are handcuffed or, or uh, gagged to a certain extent on what they can share with their employees, especially early in the process. Yes. A lot of mergers and acquisitions are, are thought about well in advance, a lot of time planning. Uh, is it the right? Is it the right deal? Is it going to happen? Uh, is it going to make sense? And that communication is a lot of times stifled with the people sitting around the table having the conversation. Meanwhile, people get the, the staff and employees tend to get an idea. Something's going on. There's a lot of closed doors meetings going on. There's a lot of people walking through my office asking weird questions, but nobody's telling me why. So again, that adds to the fear. So as a leader, I think we've got to do everything we can to communicate as quickly as we can and as positively as we can what's going on based on the, 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 the gag orders or the limitations we have on sharing information earlier than we're allowed to. Yeah, transparency is a big deal as much as possible, as you said. Right. But Rich, how about you? You know, Ronnie hit on a good point. You've, um, the communication issue, the, you may not be able to divulge everything uh, you know, for a period of time, while you've got a lot of people looking into your in, into the the company, wandering around, checking things out, rumors get started by employees worrying about these things, and Absolutely. it's important to squash these rumors um, to the best of your ability, to the best that you can communicate that, but to make sure that they understand. Uh, you know, those rumors have no no foothold, you know, and they'll get going, they'll get rampant. I think another thing that's really important is clear communication as to what it is you can say and uh, understand there are some things that you, you can't say. I think another one that's really important is, is uh, watching for miscommunications. Mm -hmm. You know, don't send people down wrong places, rabbit holes, just because you're in a place where you can do that. You know, that just creates all the more dust and distrust around the whole event that's coming up here. So honest, be as honest as you can, be as transparent as you possibly can. And and if you can't just say, I can't remark on that. But uh, oftentimes people set up situations and expectations that, that frankly aren't accurate, that frankly aren't true. That's something that you really gotta watch if you wanna keep your employees there and, and uh, keep their anxieties down as much as, as possible. How about this one here? No pro proactive branding. This is something I have seen in, um, in, in mergers that go well and mergers that go really bad. Um, this is something, it, in order to really make sure that culture is combining or you can combine these cultures before the acquisition actually takes place, as soon as you're able to, is to get that branding in place. There might be new logos. Who is this new company? Who are we actually going to work for? What is their vision, their vision, their mission, their purpose? You know, start that branding process early and, and showing them this is who we are. This is who you're going to become a part of. And we're going to be doing this together. After the fact, if, if, you know, if you do this, you pull the trigger, everything's done. And still all the old company logos are up around. The old signage is up around. No one's really made an indication of what the vision, the mission, the purpose who is this new company? What do we really stand for? That is that is something that can go a long ways up front 
in alleviating those those fears and making sure people understand. You know, what do you think that's true? What do you think that's true? There, there's something about it just beyond the, the sheer mechanics of doing that. There's something more that you're communicating by doing that. Yeah, you're going to be part of a bigger picture. I don't, I don't know. Go ahead, Ronnie. Yeah. It, well, you eliminate if you don't have proactive branding, you're just adding more confusion to the process. You're ordering more confusion, more fear, more questions that are going to be raised. And nobody's willing to give the answers if they're not proactively branding, branding the, new, the new company. Uh, and, and that's tough to overcome because your culture, like Rich said earlier, the culture takes a hit. And the longer you delay uh, proper communication, proper branding, the, the deeper that culture goes down that, that hole. And it takes a whole lot longer to get the culture back up to where you want it, or at least moving back in the direction. Yeah, I think there's those things are true. I think also there's a very simple question that, uh, that people can ask is this. Do you know what you're doing? Yep. I think it's that simple. It's a trust issue. If you've got this all mixed up, what else have you got screwed up? Yep. If you can't figure this out ahead of time, then you got me concerned because I wonder what else is coming down the road here that you have not taken care of, such as benefits. How's this going to affect my benefits? Yeah. Let's talk about that, Rich. Now, now you're getting personal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you're getting, now you're getting personal. And uh, you start you start messing with an employee's uh, benefits and their family. Now it becomes very personal, and you can you can brand all you want, you can communicate all you want, you can you can be the best at all that. But if you get the benefit conversation wrong, you're going to lose you're you're going to lose that employee. Maybe not to another job, but you're going to lose their support. And in any M and A, you've got to have support of the team. Oh, yeah. And you start messing with you start messing with my health insurance and my retirement, and you've got a long way to go to win me back. Yeah, you know, a, a question I hear a lot of times is when people accrue, uh, you know, vacation over a certain amount of time or PTO over a certain amount of time, and they've got a lot, you know, they've accrued because of their seniority. That has been a big question. Am I going to lose all that? Is mm-hmm. you know, I'm. I'm Am I going to start back to square one again after, you know, 10 plus years or however many years you've got going? That's a big question. So benefits, it's like Ronnie said, benefits are personal. It's another thing that started, we started last week. And why should, um, why should leaders respect, take the time to give respect to their employees? This is one of those areas that if you don't show your respect to your employees, about their benefits, why in the world do you believe that they're going to show you, as you were kind of referring to, Ronnie, show you any kind of respect or trust in that matter? Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff is, 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 on one hand, it's complicated, but it's really simple human being treatment, how we treat each other. And, when the, and then one of those things that's important is, I respect you enough to get, you know, get the communications right, get the branding right. We've worked hard because we respect you. We want to take care of you. When I protect you and also your benefits, right? You know this, but you know when when you handle that where that that well, what you're not only doing is you're not you're avoiding all the negative stuff, but you're now really cementing that relationship for the years to come. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the next one here. This is a fun one: poor handling of cultural surveys. Uh, this is one that I have a particular um, distaste for. Because I've seen this done after after the M and A, after the the acquisition or the reorganization, 
people are really wondering why why everybody's so unhappy still. You know, this is a great company. You know, you're part of who we are now, and we're a great company. So let's do this survey and send it out there. And I, I got to tell you, for all you HR people that are listening, okay, do not, under any circumstance, try to do your own cultural survey if you are not prepared to go the full length, 100%. Because you're already, number one, you're already viewed as someone from the other company was just taking us over, trying to change our benefits, not communicating, there's no branding. And then if you're not prepared, you're not qualified and you're not senior leadership is not on board to continue through with what you hear and to follow through with, with the promises that you may make after you get the survey done or you don't like the answers and you're just gonna push it under the rug anyway. So number one, I, I gotta say, do not do this on your own. Number one, you're not qualified. And I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. But you, you truly are not qualified in this sense because you're already viewed as someone that's not trusted, uh, especially in an M&A. And number two, there are people like us who can do this for you in an in a unbiased way that we're going to give you a, a, a big result. We can show you the results, and not only that, we can prepare you beforehand for anything that you might get back from this. This is a really bad way to try to mend fences. As a matter of fact, it's probably the worst way. Can you imagine going to your wife and saying, you know, I'm thinking about painting this room, and honey, I really want to get your input on it because I know this is important to you. What color do you think we ought to paint the room? And you say, well, let's go take a look at the paint uh, swatches. Let's go down to Home Depot or Lowe's, and you go through all this, and you she finally picks out these are the colors I'd like to go in that room. Say, I got it, I understand. And then yeah, she goes away for like on a weekend with her sisters or something, and she comes back, and she's picked out a really nice series of like shades of green for this room. I mean, they really are nice. She's got a good eye for color and coordinated it and all that kind of stuff. Then she comes home, and you just painted the, the all the walls white. Is there going to be a problem? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and you know what else when it comes to culture, if you think about when any when anybody, if they do their due, due diligence when they're applying for a job, especially today, you Google the company you're, you're interviewing with, you Google the person you're interviewing, you go to LinkedIn, you do due diligence on that company because if you don't like the culture or the product or whatever, you're probably not going to interview or apply. But in an M&A, you're not interviewing for your position. You're, you're part of the package. That's You're now working for the new boss, and you have no say-so who the new company is. So that automatically changes the culture. I get to choose if I'm going to interview for a position. In an M&A, I don't get, I don't get to choose. Nobody's asking Ron, you want to interview with the new, new president, see if you want to accept him? No, you don't. You don't get that option. So that automatically drops the culture down. Right. And to try to put that survey up uh, from, from the new folks to bring them back up is, like like Rich said, is, is a very poor decision and poor handling of the situation. Yeah, yeah. it could be it could be That's, deadly. Yeah. So this leads right into the next one here. Broken promises. Let's talk about broken promises as things are getting wrapped up. You start people in leadership position are making promises about this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to work. The benefits, the pay 
time off, all those kinds of things. And then you actually move into it. You're there now and things are not as they were promised. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a hole in the dam that gets bigger and bigger and bigger because once you break one promise for one employee, word gets around real quick and you, you've lost the team. Rich, any ideas on that? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, sometimes you see these big town halls or something. And again, this goes back to how, you know, we'll talk about this in a minute, how to get it right. But doing this after the fact, big town hall, boy, we're going to come in. You're part of, you know, the new Acme company. And we're going to give you this. You're going to get that. We're going to get more business, you know, whatever. And then you don't follow through with any of this stuff and no one sees you again. No one sees you for months on end, you know? And so that, that's a bad thing. If you're a CEO and you're going to get up in front of a group of people and say, you know, big town hall, make sure it's done correctly that you're not blowing smoke because number one, these people know their business. If you're picking up a company where a lot of people work for a lot of years, they already know their business. Take the time to learn the new company before you start making these promises. Your broken promises become your reputation. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. And that's not going to go away easy. Yep. You sow you sow those seeds of distrust. They're always going to be watching, and and yep. well they should. Yep. Let's move on here. You to understand employees and their skill sets. That would seem to be a pretty important one, gentlemen. It it, it is important. But if you think about the company, that the, the bigger company or the co- company that's coming in, that team probably, well, they, they have confidence in their skill set. And, and a lot of them will think, well, we're the big guys coming in. So we know more than this small company. We, we have a bigger, a better skill set. We have more knowledge. We have more experience than this little company out here in this little town that we talked about. Uh, that's insulting to the team that, that's joining you. Yeah. Uh, that's putting yourself up on a, on a pedestal and you will never, ever be successful in doing that if you don't respect the skill set that the staff that you're bringing in has. Yes, That's where the start of relationships really begin, isn't it? Absolutely. The ability to sit down, talk to them, get to know them as individuals first, mm-hmm. secondly, as employees and the relationship to the organization. What do you do exactly? How do you do those kinds of things? How long have you been doing that? What do you see yourself doing five years from now? Do you see yourself here? Do you see yourself developing new skills, new abilities? Tell me a little bit about you. That's that conversation of trust. I know mm-hmm. you're really good at that kind of stuff, Rich. You know, I, I agree 100% with what Ronnie said. This is this is important, really, to take the time to understand what made this company good to begin with. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, it's not always the product, although the, the it's not always the uh, – the customer retention or the customers they have, all that comes as a product of the people, the people who are there, the skills and, and, and the time that they have spent to build this organization. Get to learn them before. I mean, of course, the product is going to entice you into in wanting to merge with this organization, but it's the people who made that product. Yeah. They're the ones who did it, not, you know, they're the ones you really need to sit down with and understand what makes them tick and how did they get to this point? Again, Ronnie, uh, what Ronnie was uh, referring to, some of these people have put their entire you know, careers into these companies. And just to come in and tell them I'm better than you, 
your skills no longer matter because I'm better than you. We know better. We know your job better. That is, you, you've lost them and you're not going to get them back. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be devastating for people that spent their, you know, many years of adult life developing these skills and abilities. How about this? Forcing employees into silos. That's kind of similar. Yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times those employees that, that we've been talking about that are successful, they are they are giving a or given a smaller uh, smaller projects, smaller work responsibilities, less important, less visible, uh, or or they take the old team or the team that is being brought in and they put them over there in the corner and you all continue to work with with who you've been working with on some of the smaller issues and let the big guys take care of the big issues. So the silo of the old employees in the old company or the versus the, the, the bigger silo, if you may, of the employees coming in with, with the bigger companies to doing the acquisition. Uh, I, I think that goes back to the, the point right before it, where we taught, where you fail to understand the employees and their skill sets. Very good. I like that. Rich, any thoughts? No, I, I, I agree with what Ronnie said. These silos, uh, you know, sometimes you take departments that have worked together well for years and you start splitting them up and they start answering to different, uh, you know, supervisors or different tar- departmental structures. And if and it just feels like you're being pulled into a silo. And there is times when some of these organizations that are coming in and taking over co- other companies will look. You know, that's one thing that uh, that we've seen is you, you see some of these leaders that want to pull certain people or certain departments yeah. into their own kingdom, if you will. Yeah. yeah, good point. Good point. Employees forced over the fence. I mean, th- th- it's happening anyway, mm-hmm. but that's something that, that they're dealing with. So what about that? I, you know, it's, that's kind of tough sometimes. Forced. Over, I, we're good doing this. You know, if you say so, you said that, Ronnie, yourself. Yeah, uh, my way or the highway. Get get on the get on the bus or, or get out of the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it goes back to, and we'll talk about it when we get to the next slide. But it goes back to proper communication, proper relationship building. Uh, people, and t- especially in today's world, when there's so many uh, vacancies, so many people retire, and so many jobs that are open. If you can, if, if an employee is forced over that fence and they've got other options they'll go looking for those other options. Now, it may be a situation like we talked earlier where it's a smaller community. They don't want to pack up and leave the community and they, they have to go over the fence and stay, stay with the new company, but it yeah. can still be handled a whole lot more promising by the proper communication in the relationship building. Folks, it's, we know this as coaches. It's all about building relationships and sustaining them. Yeah, and it's not just processing cattle. May right. I say it that way? Right, absolutely. So this new org's vision, eliminate jobs and benefits. What about that? They're, those are the, the, the vision of the new organization is they are eliminating jobs and they are eliminating benefits. I mean, with um, Elon Musk, you know, taking over now, buying out uh, uh, Twitter, that, that's going on right now with some of these. I, I heard one lady, I think it's their, uh, their, uh, the attorney for the uh, corporation, $17 million a year. That's what she makes. That's what she made last year. I'm sure that Elon is looking at that very closely and thinking, I wonder if she needs all those millions. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And again, you're, 
again, you're getting personal because now you're talking about my pay, my, my wallet, yeah, my right. bank account. So now you're getting personal. Yeah. My family, my home, everything yeah. else. And you know, there's a way to avoid this. If people, you know, that's part of that rumor mill that can really get going. If all these, these bullet points that you put up there, if they're handled poorly, then that becomes the, the what the vision or the perception of the vision of this new company becomes that they're just going to come in. They're going to eliminate my job. They're going to eliminate my benefits. They're not a cool company. You know, th- this is not going to be a good thing for us. It, it just becomes the vision or the perception that all they are doing is they're the company that's coming in and changing my benefits. I see nothing good coming from this. That's what happens yeah. with all these other bullet points. If if you're not proactive and get it right the first time, there's, you know, it's, it's going to be a negative uh, thing anyway for a while. And 97% of the time, you know, as we talked about, it's, that's what it's viewed as. But if, if you, you really get it wrong, then that's what the new vision of the company becomes a perception is. You're just going to get rid of me. Yeah. And that's why these cultural surveys are so, so important because they are like not just a map about how to you know figure this out, but they're the ones that kind of give you the warning signs along the way. Okay. This is going to be a curve here. There's a downward. This is going, we're going up now. This is going to be pretty steep climb. This is going to be really difficult. We've got a rough road here. We've got roads under construction. That stuff can get, you get the right culture surveys in place for the readiness of what's going on here and then the follow-up and the deep dive into the culture to see those those painful points those sticking points the strong points and how we can start leveraging those things as you work this through i mean that's that's like getting a, a you know uh you know what i'm thinking here what is that um uh, the the there the, the, was that stone the stone that the, the, could interpret the languages what i'm thinking of rosetta stone thank you rosetta stone thank yeah. you so much it's like getting that Rosetta Stone in place for you to, to, to read what's coming up and what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you have somebody help you skillfully unpack that, boy, I'm going to tell you, it's going to save you a lot of headaches, a lot of pain for everybody here. So let's move into this. Improve your approach right from the start. We're going to go over these quickly because we you can hit these points. If they're serious about talking to us, then that's where we can go into a deeper dive about it. So mm-hmm. let's do this. Number one, improve communications. We've talked about that throughout this whole podcast. What about improving uh, communications, gentlemen? It was a few points on that. This is, yeah. You, yep. you, oh, go, go ahead, Ronnie, go ahead. You, you've got, you've got to start as early as you can start in the process to have proper, proper and respectful communications. You've got to be respecting your team when communicating, share what you can, when you can, and be prepared to answer questions, or at least be prepared to be asked the questions and if you can't answer or don't have the answer, on, be honest about it. Don't make anything up. So the improved communications is a great way to start. Good. Rich? He, Ronnie said exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, there's, there's certain times that you can, you can start communicating certain things. In, uh, you know, some of these things have to be kept quiet for obvious reasons. But as soon as you can, start communicating, like Ronnie said, those things that you can be transparent. I would say this, gentlemen, that if you're going into a merger uh, situation and you're thinking about how do we improve our communications, you're already too late to the yep. station. Yep. You're already too late. Yeah. Those improved communications should have been going on for years already. And so yep. playing catch up is going to be a difficult thing. So if No matter what your business is right now, whether you're going to merge or not merge at some point or going to 
sell the business or whatever it may be, be there now. Get those good communications going on now. It's not only going to be better for you. You just, there's a situation you were just in, Richard, doing some consulting work where uh, the previous owners owned it for decades and then they left. They left a mess. Communications were, you know, really stunk when you really got down to it. I mean, they made the mess, made a lot of money, but they made a mess. That's That was all wrong. They weren't being really good, thoughtful, caring leaders. Get it done now. Get those improvements going on now. Let's go on here. In terms of handle the branding before the turnover. When you get to the essence of what the branding is, we're going to change brands here. What makes that, that change over in the branding really effective and good before you even start the branding? Do you know what I'm asking here? In other words, you can't go from a weak position now to a strong position. If you're going from a weak position, even though the companies that come in is stronger, because you're already in that weak position, you're going to continue in a weak position. In fact, your position is probably going to get weaker. So if, before the branding even starts this process, what do you do to make sure that your people know who they are, that they feel good about where they work? How do you do that? How do you start that even before anything like this begins? Right. This should start well in advance as soon as you can start communicating some of these things. Um, you know, start getting that logo around, starting to start developing, you know, signage or, you know, changing some of the, you know, the signage inside of the, the building. Uh, what's the vision? What's the mission? What's the purpose? What are the quality statements? How does this company, who are our customers? What are we going to be like when we get together? Uh, start that beforehand. You know, logos are, are very strong. They have a strong uh, visual for a lot of employees. So say you're a big company, say like FedEx or whoever, and you're coming in coming in to uh, acquire another company, you know, understanding who FedEx is or who uh, some of these other big companies are beforehand with the branding and the logo and everything else is incredibly important. It's a visual for the people in that company saying, this is who we're going to be a part of. And build that excitement around this is who we are. It's not a bad thing. It's different. It's, you know, different isn't always bad. It's just different. Yeah. And they can be great experiences. They can absolutely be great experiences if they're handled well. Let's just move on. Let's keep moving on here. Time with new employees. Clarify expectations. Again, if you're not already doing this, whether you are the company being, you know, being acquired or reorganized, or you're the company that's coming in and acquiring. If you don't already have that on your template as a leader, you, you're not going to be very good in playing catch up again. Again, it's like people know it if you already know it. They, they know if you've been there and they've done it well. What do you think, Ronnie? Yeah, and, and I'm thinking about on the leadership aspect of the company being, being purchased is, I go back to what I said earlier, I'm working for these people. I want to know... Uh, how it affects me, but I also want to know how is it going to affect the leaders or, or is this M&A and I'm going to come in Monday and all my leaders are no longer with us? Do they no longer have the, the uh, authority that they had yesterday? What it's not just, I'm not just concerned about my job. First and foremost, I am, but I'm concerned about the people I've worked with for years and what's their, how's their job rec, uh, requirements going to change. I want to know those expectations. Not just for security. me, but for the entire team. Yeah, their job security. 
Absolutely. Because they're trusting you. Rich? Again, just spending time with the people you're coming in. Have the new the new leadership team spend time in that facility. They spend time in with those people. You know, it could be multiple facilities, whatever it is. Spending time not just with the leadership, but with the actual people who are doing the jobs. You know, what makes you tick? Okay, good. Let's benefits clarified. Oops, a little bit ahead of myself here. Benefits clarified. Big deal. We talked about benefits, the threat of losing benefits, changing benefits, how it hits some close. What about this? What are we going to what are we going to do there? You know, in, in my history, uh, in the last MA I went through, we had small, small number of employees, about 100 employees. And we had pre-planned those of us involved in the planning of the MA. In the day after we announced it to our team, the HR, uh, the director of HR department and myself sat down with each individual employee and went over their benefit packet and the changes in the new benefits and how it would affect them. Now, that's harder to do if you've got a multi-thousand employee company, but you still have to be able to put the time in, whether it's a face-to-face one-on-one conversation or a nice packet, but you've got to be able to take the time as soon as possible to eliminate some of that fear to explain to each individual employee how their benefit packets are going to change and be prepared to answer, to, to receive questions. And again, humble enough to say, you know, I may not have the answer, but I'm going to find out that answer for you. But again, like I said earlier, you start talking benefits, you're start, now you're getting personal. And I have, I should be getting the respect from the new company to give me the time and the, to answer the questions I have. Rich, any thoughts about that? No, absolutely. Uh, this is something you need to get right before that day one. People need to have, there's, there should be no questions. It should be clearly answered. And again, you're not going to be able to, to make everybody happy. There's going to be some people that are not going to be happy with, you know, maybe the new benefits package. But if it's, if it's communicated up front before everything happens, then there's then they can make a choice. Is this something I want to continue with? But it, it needs to be communicated right up front, exactly what it's going to be and, you know, what the changes are. You can't, you cannot hide that or be afraid to, to talk about that until it's too late. Yeah. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Respect. What is, where does the term brand come from? I know you guys know. Where does that come from? I think, you know, cattle. Yep. Yep. Branding cattle. Yep. We're not, so we're going through a rebrand. We're not, just rebranding the cattle here. <laughs> yeah. You know, it can't be perfunctory. Get them in the chute, rebrand them, get them into the corral, moving yeah. them on the train tomorrow. It can't be that. It's much more personal. It's really quite a, it's really quite a, if you're good at it, you can be really make everything better for everybody. Yeah. Let's go to this one. Introduce new leadership. How important is that? They've got to be present. They, they, you can't introduce them in a, on a phone call or a Zoom call. They've they've got to be physically present in the facility um, and and introducing themselves, asking questions, being available for questions, and and just start building that relationship. Again, we said at the beginning of this, culture is driven by the leaders. And if the leaders are absent, especially at the beginning of 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 a takeover, emergent acquisition, you're never going to get that culture back because the message you're sending to the new folks is, I don't have time for you. You're you're just part of the act. You're just part of the 
You're part of the cattle. You're just part of the team. You're just, here's the new brand and we'll talk to you later. They will talk to you on the other side of that house over there. I, I, I got to tell you, I witnessed this once where even though, though they did come into the facility, they went and they sat in the break uh, break room, or, I mean, the conference room, didn't really get out to talk to anybody. And one of the managers came in and I was in there when this happened. And the new CEO of the company was sitting across the table and he sat back in his chair and he had his arms folded. And kind of a not very friendly guy to begin with. And this 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 other person that was with the company was trying to introduce himself and apparently didn't like how the other guy was reacting. And he walked up to the table, reached all the way across the table and put his hand out, said, I'm so-and-so, you know, and just and after that, he, he, he left the company not too long after that. He was pretty disgusted with the way it was handled. But the point is, even if you're coming in, like Ronnie said, in person, make sure you take the time to walk around and introduce yourself. Good. I'm going to wrap it up here with just a few more. Define and recognize departments. That's a big deal. So somebody, they know where they belong. They know what their job is. Any more thoughts on that, gentlemen? Well, I think if you define and recognize them, you eliminate that silo that we talked about, about a bad effect of a bad m So you eliminate those silos. Everybody's welcome in the same departments. You got to know the departments you're working with in the new company. And uh, again, it's respect, Michael. It's 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 you 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 use that word a minute ago. It's all about respect and building relationships. You know, there's an interesting thing about people and relationships, and it goes a long way with this. There's something called, and it sounds kind of funny in the in the in the context of business. It's called the ABCs of love, and yet it's really about the ABCs of people and relationship. And it has to do with this. You know, A is accepting people. New th- changes going on, new culture, new uh, new acquisition, new reorganization. Learn how to accept people with where they are. That's where you're getting to know them, which we talked about that. Give them a sense of belonging, that they, they are indeed welcomed, as you talked about, Ran- uh, Ronnie. Give them a sense of comfort. That this is going to be okay. We really are going to yeah. work it out. you got to be genuine in all these. You cannot fake acceptance, sense of belonging, and welcoming, nor can you accept uh, fake uh giving people a sense of comfort, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be great. It's going to work out. And the last thing is to make sure that they feel safe. We're not getting out OSHA stuff. But we're also talking about psychologically safe. Mm-hmm. If you can, again, get those things down as you'd make this acquisition and this reorganization work, you're going to find people sticking rather than running away. Yep. That's a big part of that whole thing. And that leads into this, the authenticity of you presenting your vision, your mission, and the purpose of the company. I think that these three things here, and you can go into values and principles as well. I think these th- three things, more often than not, these are the things, whether they're in a reorg uh, acquisition or whatever it may be, companies get this wrong. They not only get it wrong, they get it like dead wrong. It, they just get it wrong because when it really comes down to it, they really and truly, they think they understand these things but they don't. And the quickest way you can find out is this. So let me ask you a question. When you made a decision on the last big meeting that you had, or even when you hired somebody or when you fired somebody, how closely did you look at the value and the mission, the purpose? Now this person squared up with that. Or was it just a preference, your personal preference? Did you really take a look at that? Do you really hold yourself accountable to that decision? 
based upon the vision, the mission, and purpose, and even a deeper dive on the values, the supposed values and principles of the organization. I am telling you, most times when you ask that question, they cannot even begin to answer that question. They have you know, no capacity to do that. You bring a good point, Michael. I was in a, a meeting not long ago where a senior leader was presenting some of this stuff. And in there, there was the vision and the mission. And when, when he asked me to respond, I said, you know what? I see the how and the what, but I don't see the why. What's your purpose? Why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? And he stopped for me and he says, you know, he says, I know that. There's some other people here that know that. But that's a good point that's not in here. How do we portray that to other people? What's the true why? And and that I think they miss that. The, the, the purpose is truly the why. Why are we in business? Why are we doing this to begin with? Is it just for you know the the how or the what? And and he he took that to point. He says, you know, you're absolutely right. I know that, but others don't. Right. And even before the why is the who, who are we? Yeah. Who are we? What do we stand for? What are we all about? You know, what, 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 what's that whole thing about? Why are we showing up every day? Who are we? Yeah. Let's move, finish, finish it up here, and then we'll do a quick wrap on it, gentlemen. And that is this. Devote time to learn about employees. There it is. Rubber hits the road. This is where it's all about. Spend the time. Devote the time. That's a better way. Devote. Something that you devote to, you care about. You're a devotee. You are involved. You are connected. You're attached to this idea, this notion, the time to learn about your employees. Gentlemen, how important is that not only for you, the new leadership or the old leadership, getting to know the new people and the employees getting to know you and the employees getting to know each other. How important is that for a successful reorg or merger? Yeah, in my opinion, if you get the other bullet points that we just talked about right and you fail this last bullet point, you're not going to, it's not going to be successful. It's about respect and building relationships. And if if the, the new folks, and I guess it goes both ways, not should the new folks, not only should they devote the time to learn about the employees, but the, the employees coming into the bigger group, they also need to devote time to learn about their new their new coworkers as well. So it's a two-way, it works both ways. And if, it, and if the leaders don't push that, don't plan it, don't schedule it, it's not going to work. Excellent points. I like that. Those are great points. Rich? You only get really one chance to get this right. And the thing is, you're swimming upstream anyway. As we pointed out, 97% of all these people look at this as an, uh, with a negative viewpoint anyway. So you're you're fighting against the, the stream. You're fighting against the current. but And you only get, really get one chance to get this right. And you're not going to make everybody happy. It simply isn't going to happen. But... If you do it right, you're going to get the majority of the the people you want on your side coming over. And that's the important part. It's not just about the product. It's not just about the name of the company or whatever. It's about the people who make that product, the people who work with those customers, the people who have dedicated their lives. Do it right the first time. Yep. And if if you don't get it right, you're going to have to be prepared to work real hard to finish it up and turn it around. Just expect that. So work hard up front. Get it right as much as you can. First time. All right. There we are. We're done with that, gentlemen. Thank you so much. So, Rich, Ronnie, 
someone wants to get a hold of this very intelligent, skillful, experienced man, Ronnie, how, how do they get a hold of you? How do they start a conversation? Well, you can get well, one, you can, you can always reach out to me through YouTube. You know how to find me, but I'm also on my website, which is R Shoemaker, S H U M A K E R, at intelligentleadershipec.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can call me. My cell phone is 937 925 5005. I'm here to help answer whatever questions you may have, uh, free complimentary coaching sessions, talk about culture, whatever you want to do. But Reach out to me there, or again, reach out to me through uh, through Rich and Michael. They know how to find me. All right. Thank you again for being here with us. Appreciate My pleasure. It a lot. It's our pleasure. Thank you. All right, Rich. Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. Um, that's our website. Uh, you can get our, our email addresses off of there. R. Barron at IntelligentLeadershipEC.com. M. Bailey at IntelligentLeadershipEC.com. And talk with us schedule some time let's let's see what makes you tick and see what we can we can help you do so right. but it doesn't it's not going to happen until you take that first step absolutely it is it's kind of an act of faith can i really do this i don't know but i'm going to find out get into a conversation to see if somebody can maybe really help me out my organization yeah and that's that's honestly it takes some faith it takes some courage to do that it does All right. That's it, folks. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. and We'll see you again next time. All right. All the best. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.